Hello, and welcome to another episode of Beauty of Birth Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm sorry it took me so long to get this next episode up. Like, I have had it for a while and I just haven't edited it. And part of the reason for that is because I'm pregnant. I already posted about that on the Instagram, but I just wanted to say it on here too. And that's like part of the reason I didn't edit it because I got really sick at one point. It wasn't actually because of the pregnancy. I just got sick over top of it. And like, I was already, I've already been feeling like kind of sick. So I just didn't literally did nothing. And so I didn't edit it. And then I went to my parents for like a couple weeks, so like the rest of the December of December for doing Christmas things. And just like, it was really nice to not have to do as much um, and just like be there. So I just didn't end up editing it and I'm finally posting it this week. So I feel bad that it took so long, but I am finally posting it and it is with Rebecca and she um, knew my sister. They weren't close friends, but they went to the same college. So she just knew her and she ended up just finding out about my podcast through her and she messaged me and just like said she would be willing to come on which was really sweet so yeah so I zoom called with her and that was really cool to get to talk to her and hear her birth stories um so yeah in updates of my pregnancy I have felt better than with Definitely then with Willow, and I think better than with Finn, but it's a little hard to remember, to be honest. But definitely better than with Willow. So I I started feeling sick again at six weeks. But it was, as long as I was eating all the time, like small things, I was able to function well and like not feel like I needed to lay around all the time. Like, um, like I was able, like with Willow, I felt like I couldn't eat anything really and I just couldn't do anything. Um. I mean, I could, but I just felt really nauseous and felt like I had to lay down to, like, stop from throwing up. With this, I still felt a little bit that way, but wait, like, I felt like I could still eat most things. Like, I didn't have the same food aversions or, like, really bad with smells at all like I have with my other two or, like, at least I remember. Um, Like, I've been able to eat basically everything the whole time and, only like, barely threw up. I only threw up... A couple of times and I've had where I gag in the morning because the morning is when I feel the worst and like usually it's and then late at night so it's because of the times I'm not eating as much so I yeah so as long as I've been eating like food all the time which is annoying honestly but as long as I do that I I haven't been feeling that bad and it's getting better now but because I'm basically in my second trimester um I think I am in it, but it's hard to say because it's kind of like you don't know for sure how far along. Like I have, I went to my first midwife appointment, but I didn't get a first ultrasound because my midwife said I didn't really need to. And um, that's when they do more dating usually, but she said it wasn't really necessary. And then I didn't have time really to schedule it. So I'm just going to do the 20 week one when I find out the gender and like when they check for everything. 
So yeah, I went to my first midwife appointment and got my, was able to get my first midwife that I had with Finn again, which was really great. Um, but she, everything seems to be going well. I, yeah, like I said, I had not as bad, but still nauseous. And then my, what I feel like has really been kicking my butt is a tiredness. It's getting better because I'm getting, I'm in my second trimester, so I'm getting more energy again. But man, that first trimester is so, like, that's how I, why I thought I was pregnant was because I was so exhausted and I just was so tired. I had, like, barely any energy. So that part was rough. Um, my husband has helped as much as he can because he's, like, really busy as well. But he's been great. And, yeah, with having two kids... I just feel so blessed that this time I didn't feel as sick and I was able to function more than I feel like I did, especially last time. So that's been a huge blessing because I've been able to do like all right with the two kids, with like both my kids and like taking care of them. It hasn't been that bad. I do miss not feeling like I always have a kind of gross feeling like after eating, like it's getting better, but it's still kind of there. Like... I'm hoping that it, I, my second trimester usually it's barely feels worse than normal, except that I just am hungrier, but I still feel definitely like a, still kind of gross. I'm hoping that will also go away soon. Um, usually it's kind of away by this point, but sometimes it like, because I don't know my correct date, like, how far along I am for sure, like, it could be, like, a couple weeks still or whatever, I don't know, but I've been doing pretty well, and that's been amazing, and um, I'm very thankful. I'm excited to be pregnant. I'm due in July. Um, yeah, really excited. Well, that's enough talking about that. I will give a lot more when I do my podcast with my birth of this this new child um but yeah i will get right into rebecca's story hello rebecca hi miriam coming on um you could start out by saying where you live and about your family okay to do um i live in minnesota with my husband colin and our two kids nathaniel and elizabeth who are three and one just turned those ages and I like hanging out with my family, learning about birth, reading classic literature. My husband and I like to just watch movies together or listen to podcasts together. Yeah. What podcasts do you guys listen to? Um, Sometimes we'll listen to The Mortification of Spin together, which is like a theology one. And then okay. I listen to a literature one called the literary life and my husband has more about politics and stuff he's a history and government teacher okay cool um so what are your kids names nathaniel um is my first he was born in january uh um, so he's just about three and then elizabeth is my second okay so how was your pregnancy with your first so I got pregnant with Nathaniel about three months after we got married. Okay. Um, was that planned? We weren't like planning or not planning. It was just okay. like, let's get married and see. So I was hoping that I wouldn't 
get pregnant, like on the honeymoon or something, but it all worked out. <laughs> and I think in hindsight, like I was pretty nervous to be pregnant. So I, that was hard during his pregnancy. I think I was, had a lot of like anxiety and just was overwhelmed a little bit. Um, but it was exciting when we found out, I actually, my pregnancy started with a UTI. Oh. Um, so I went, I did not know I was pregnant. I thought I was starting my period that day cause I had cramping from the UTI. And okay. so I went to an urgent care and I told the doctor, Hey, whatever you prescribe me, I don't know. I might be pregnant. So just make sure it's safe. And she comes back in and she said, so we did a pregnancy test. And I said, Oh, oh <laughs> you did. And she said, yeah. And you're pregnant. And my <laughs> husband and I looked at each other and we're like, Oh, okay. And she said, I hope this is happy. And I, we said, yes, we're just didn't expect to find out this way. That's so funny. Yeah. So I actually got multiple UTIs while I was pregnant, but never any other times. And it was hard for me to tell if it was just like pregnancy symptoms, like my bladder hurting or a UTI, but it was hard because I took a lot of antibiotics and they made me sick. Oh, shoot. Um, And then I had morning sickness from about six weeks to 16 or 18 weeks. Okay. Um, and I ended up taking Declegis, which I later learned is just Unisum and vitamin B6. Okay. Um, and that helped, but I also think that it could have caused like depression because it made me really drowsy. Mm. So I didn't like being pregnant, but I liked learning about <laughs> pregnancy <laughs> because between being depressed and throwing up and we moved while I was pregnant Okay. And we had like four different insurance health insurances while I was pregnant. So that was sort of crazy. Um, but we from? what was that? Where did you move from? We were in college in California, and then we spent a summer living with my grandparents in Orange County, California. And then we moved up to Northern California near San Francisco, where my husband got a job. Okay. So how old are you? Um, I'm 25. Okay. And how old were you when you got married? 21. Okay. Yeah. So everything was new because it was my first time really using insurance because I'd never been sick before. Um, But we moved in my second trimester and it was sort of amazing because the first day I was sick was the day I graduated from college. And like the last day I was really sick was the day we moved. Um, so I just had the whole summer just to sort of sit in bed and my grandma do the cooking and that was helpful. That is nice. I was really thankful that the Lord worked it out that way because we hadn't planned it. So it was just really convenient. I mean, as much as it can be being sick. Um, then we got connected. I had with an OB through, we had a Kaiser system, which is in California hospital system. Okay. And I wanted a natural birth. Uh, I saw three of my siblings born at home. And I'd actually coached my mom through labor when I was 15. So I was really excited. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted my mom to come and coach me through labor since she had had eight kids and was pretty into birth. She lived in, I think... They were just about to move to Belize, but they were still in the United States at the time because they were missionaries. So she flew up on my due date, I think, which was December 30th. 
Um, so my due date was December 30th and I was praying that the baby would not come until my mom came because I was just scared to like be alone and give birth. It was my first time and I really wanted my mom there. And we did find a doula. We were able to get a a doula for free because she had never gone to any births before. Okay. Um, she was not very experienced, but it was, we just thought if my mom doesn't come, it'll be helpful to have another person at yeah. the hospital with us. Um, and then the biggest thing for my pregnancy that I forgot to mention was, I didn't know this, but during pregnancy, your gallbladder can start to struggle to do its job. And so I had to go to the hospital because I was having abdominal pain and they said that it's your gallbladder and don't eat any fat. Oh, I did not know that either. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Apparently some women have to get it removed even during pregnancy or like postpartum. And so I was really thankful I didn't have to, but because I couldn't eat fat for about two months in my third trimester and I just felt sick because I only gained like 15 pounds and I was underweight. Oh man. Um, So... I was really happy when I could eat fat again. It stopped hurting. I don't know why. I guess it was just under a lot of stress. But by the time the baby came, I had gained enough weight to at least be healthy. Yeah. Okay. So you had to, did you say you got the your OB in California? Yes. So then what did you do when you moved? Um, so I just moved when I, I was first in Southern California. Um, and I just had gone to a couple doctor's appointments and I moved when I was about 20 weeks to Northern California. And so that's when I got set up with like an official OB and got my 20 week ultrasound and all of that. Okay. Sorry. I thought you had moved to Minnesota then I I got confused. So you moved Southern California to Northern California and then you moved to Minnesota later. Like you yes. at that time. Okay. That makes sense then. Yeah, I've moved a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. Um, so do you have anything else with your pregnancies or pregnancy or was that just, was that mainly your symptoms? I think that was mainly my symptoms. I had, you know, all the normal, normal things, a lot of pubic pain. Sometimes it was hard to walk or... I had anemia, so I was really foggy for a few months until I got enough iron. I'd like go to the grocery store and wander around. I couldn't remember how to find anything. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, no. But then I started higher iron supplementation and that got better. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that was the pregnancy. It's pretty common to have iron deficiency for a lot of women, I feel like. Yeah. Especially when they're pregnant. There's so much blood to move around your body. Yeah. Okay, well then, how did labor start for you? So, it was about two or three days, maybe two days after my due date on January 1st. Oh, And I woke up at around 5.30 in the morning, and I had felt a contraction, and it felt like a real contraction. I had had a scare at like 35 weeks where I had had three or four hours of painful contractions, but this felt more similar to that. And they, they were about, I don't know, whatever, 10 or 15 minutes apart, pretty standard early labor. 
So I texted my doula. And when my mom and my husband got up, I told them, I said, I think I might be in labor. I had gone to the doctor the day before and she had tried to strip my membranes, but the baby was so low that she couldn't get inside like my cervix. Um, But I don't know if even trying did something because I did go into labor that next day. And I had been preparing for labor by just practicing being very calm, very relaxed, practicing with my husband, having him tell me, you know, relax your neck, relax your legs, take deep breaths. And I had also written out a bunch of Bible verses on cards that were comforting or encouraging and sort of reading through those helped me get in the mindset of being calm. But at first it didn't hurt very much because it was just early labor. Mm -hmm. So from 5.30 to maybe around lunchtime, it was early labor and it got to the point where I wanted to be swaying or rocking during a contraction, but they still were pretty far apart. And I started thinking like, this hurts. Like, I don't think this should get worse. (laughs) Like, this is pretty bad. Um, and I remember after lunch, I went to take a nap around two or so, and they were already bad at that point, but I knew that I was going to be able to sleep and I had just been hanging out all day. And I remember waking up from my nap around three 30 and it was a really bad contraction. It scared me because I was asleep and was suddenly in this horrible pain. And I thought, okay, this is more of active labor now. And after that, I didn't really want to be left alone. I wanted my mom to be with me, Um, my husband too, but I also felt like a deep connection with my mom since I had coached her through labor and since she was really good at helping me when I was sick. And I had that thought again, like, this can't get any worse. Like, this is really bad. (laughs) This is so painful. And they were still far enough apart that I could cope. I don't remember much between 3.30 and like dinner time. I think I maybe tried to eat. Um, I know at one point later in the evening, I got in the bathtub, but that was really, uh, I felt very claustrophobic because I got a contraction and I needed to stand up for my contraction, but I sort of got stuck in the bathtub since it was a small space and I was large and pregnant. And so I was in the, having the contraction in a really poor position. And after that, I said, okay, I'm getting out. I don't want to get stuck anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still hadn't told my doula to come because I had two people helping me and I was handling it. And I think we called the hospital around seven thirty, and they wanted to talk to me. The nurse said, how are you doing? And I told her how I was, I said, I couldn't really talk through contractions. And she said, well, it sounds like you're still doing okay. And you're a first time mom. So you can stay home for a little longer, an hour or so. And I said, Okay. And I remember sitting on a birth ball and sort of rocking with my husband. I think he was like sitting on a chair behind me and holding me, um, just trying to take deep breaths. I didn't really want to look at anything or listen to anything. I had a playlist of hymns on that was really relaxing. Um, But I just sort of wanted to close my eyes and just sort of rock and not really move or do anything too active. Um, and then I think it was maybe around eight or nine that night, I started feeling pressure in my pelvis and I got nervous because I thought, oh man, like, am I ready to push or something? (laughs) 
And so I said, okay, I think we should go. And so my doula started driving to our house and we started getting everything ready and we were packing up. But then when we called the hospital, they said, hey, um, the hospital is actually full right now. And we said, what? And the nurse said, well, you can go to a different Kaiser hospital. They're on the same system. She said, there's one in San Francisco. And we said, that's an hour away. Oh my God. (laughs) And she said, well, let me see if there's anything closer. And she found one closer for us about half an hour away. So we said, okay, well, let's go there as quickly as possible before that one fills up. And I was glad for my doula at that point because my husband and my mom had to pack everything up and we were trying to leave pretty quickly because I was saying, I'm feeling pressure. I'm feeling pressure. And I walked to the car. It was December or January, so it was cold, but we were in California, so there wasn't snow or anything. And I didn't even get buckled in the car. My husband didn't know that because he was driving like 85 miles an hour trying to get the when you're not buckled in and my doula went ahead of us in her car and my mom was in the back with me and labor slowed down a little bit in the car I think my body was just sensing this is a change of pace we're going to slow down and see what's going on and that was really nice I still had contractions they just weren't quite as frequent And so the drive over wasn't too bad. I think I was more nervous about it than it ended up being too bad. I don't remember it being bad at least. (laughs) And then when we got to the hospital, we parked and we got out and we walked in and there was no one at the front. So it was at least like 930 at night. There was no one at the, the desk. And so we started walking through the hallways and there was no one at the second desk we came across. And we just started walking around. There was no one there. And we got nervous. And then we saw this man and he wasn't dressed in like scrubs. He was just dressed like a normal guy. And he had like a turban on, like he was from another country or something. And we said, hi. And he said, where are you? Look, what are you looking for? And we said, labor and delivery. And he pointed us down this empty hallway. We eventually found it, but it was very concerning. (laughs) It wasn't what we expected going to a hospital. Yeah. Uh, We did get there. I was staying very, very relaxed. I thought, this isn't my problem. My job is to breathe through the contractions and to just relax. And I thought, you know, I have three people here. They're going to help me. If if we get lost, they have to deal with it. And that was helpful. I also felt like I could deal with the contractions a little better because I had had really bad menstrual cramps my whole life. And so it was like I was already used to having to relax. And that was helpful to have somebody to compare it to. Like, oh, when I'm on my period, I have to relax through the pain. Just as, you know, this is not too different. And then we get to triage and they check me. And I think I was like six and a half or so centimeters. And I was pretty happy with that. I figured... I'm a first-time mom. I've been in labor all day, but, like, this is active labor now. And I think we just waited around triage for a while, and then they got us to a room. And that part was hard because the contractions were really intense. And I was having to get changed into a hospital gown, and that was painful. But once we got in the room, I started feeling like I needed to push um, after we'd been there for 
an hour or so, which time felt like it was speeding up. I don't remember it being that long. And I knew a lot about birth, but I didn't know, I hadn't listened to birth podcasts yet. So I thought that pushing would go really fast because I had seen my mom give birth and she always pushed her babies out in 20 minutes. (laughs) So that was just sort of what I expected. And I saw it was feeling the pressure and there was a really amazing nurse there that got me up on the bed on my hands and knees. And she was helping me do figure eights with my back sort of to help the baby descend. He was really low, but I guess he wasn't like fitting in the birth canal just right. Mm. So she was helping me move my hips around to help the baby descend. And I was starting to push when I felt like I wanted to push. And I just started asking, what's taking so long? Like, why isn't the baby coming out? And I think I was in transition. My mom said that I was acting a little bit irrationally, but I remember being perfectly rational. I was thinking, I've been pushing for a long time now. The baby should come out. (laughs) And what's funny is that I only actually pushed for 45 minutes, but it felt like this is taking way too long. Mm -hmm. Um. So I kept trying to push the baby out and it wasn't super painful. The contractions were the most painful, but I didn't feel like pushing itself was a relief like some women say, but I also didn't feel like it was horrific. Um, The contractions were really bad, but I still hadn't needed an epidural and I was just holding on to my mom's hand and my husband was watching and my doula was there feeding me ice chips, but they were testing the baby's heart And they said, his heart is dipping. Um, We're going to put an internal monitor on his scalp. And so I was like, okay, whatever, just I'm ready to be done. (laughs) So they put a little internal monitor on his scalp. I guess they have to stick it into the baby's head, which is sort of sad. Um, Through the birth canal. And they said his heart rate is not doing well. And so they had me on my side because I think I had given up being on my hands and knees because I was tired. They had me on my side and they were holding my leg up. Um, And they said, you need to push this baby out. And so they were doing coach pushing, like push for 10 seconds and then take a break. And then the next interaction, I was pushed for 10 seconds. And I was pushing as hard as I could. And they said... They had a whole team of people come in because of the problem with the baby's heart. They had a doctor come in. So there was at the hospital, there was actually a midwife on call who had been with me up until that point. And she was really helpful. She was really sweet and encouraging. But they brought in like a special doctor um, and I think a NICU team. And the doctor, he talked to me and he was very, very calm and very kind And he said to me, he waited while I was having contraction. He waited for me to push. And then he would talk to me in between. He said, all right, if we don't push the baby out soon, I'm going to do a vacuum extraction. And he told me there are risks involved with this. And he started listing them off. But at that point, I didn't listen to him say it. I was just thinking, the faster the baby comes out, the better. I would love it if you got the baby out faster. And I thought, if that's what needs to happen, like... The baby, I'm sure the baby will be fine. Long as the baby's alive. <laughs> and, but he was waiting for me in between the, con- you know, while I was having contractions. He wasn't doing it. He was waiting to tell me the risk very calmly. And he said, I can do the vacuum three times, but if it doesn't work out the third time, you have to have a C-section. And I thought, well, that's not good. 
I don't want to have a C-section. I want to have lots of kids and I don't want to have a long recovery. And I knew a C-section was not great for either of those things. So as he was talking to me, I was still pushing and the baby started crowning. And I remember thinking, huh, I don't really feel a ring of fire. That's sort of nice. But it was still a lot of pressure. And he actually, the doctor backed away when he saw the baby started to come out and he let the midwife come in. And I think she sort of helped pull the baby out once his head came out. And I just thought, I have to push as hard as I can. If I don't push as hard as I can, then they're going to vacuum the baby and then it's going to be a C-section. And that was sort of encouraging to me. Like, I can do this. Like, I have to do it right now. Mm -hmm. And I pushed him out and he was completely fine. He came out and they put him on my chest. And I think the cord was wrapped around his neck. And that Mm -hmm. was why his heart rate had been dipping. Maybe he had been compressing the cord on his way out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually a funny side note is that when he came out, his skull plates were compressed together just like normal. And my husband was watching and he thought that it was the baby's brain exposed. Oh no. So he was like, oh no, our baby doesn't have a skull. But then the baby came <laughs> on. He's like, oh, he looks fine now. <laughs> and they put him on my chest and I was thinking, wow, now I'm going to have all those wonderful hormones where I bond with the baby. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't feel any hormones. I just, the first thing I said was, how do I hold him? because I thought it was going to be supernatural like oh just my maternal instincts kicking in but he was really slippery and I was laying on my back and he was just you know a newborn I was thinking I have to support his head and they're handing him to me but once they gave him to me it was exciting it was like wow like I just gave birth that was really cool Mm -hmm. and we got him sort of dried off and he stayed on my chest and my mom was a lactation consultant. So she sort of helped me breastfeed him for the first time because he didn't find the breast on his own at first. Um, and I was shaking really badly. So like I was trying to drink juice and I couldn't hold it. And they told me that's normal to get the shakes after labor. And that was unpleasant, but they gave me a lot of Tylenol and a lot of Advil. I think like if I was, I was like a hundred pounds, they gave me enough for like three of me. And that was amazing. I was very happy. (laughs) Um, I just remember being very hungry and very, very excited about what had just happened with the baby being born. And then after a couple hours, they moved us to the room where we're going to be postpartum my mom went home that was sort of scared me because I'm like I'm alone with this baby now like what do I do mm-hmm. and the doula left the doula hadn't been able to do as much probably as she had hoped to do but she had fed me ice chips and that was really nice they had had an oxygen mask on me actually while I was pushing to help give the baby more oxygen mm-hmm. um so that was um made me more thirsty I think um, but then they moved us to our room and they said, okay, it's, they think the baby was born at 102. So that was Nathaniel. And we knew that he was going to be a boy. Um, so he was born at 102. So I was in labor for about 20 hours. Okay. So 102 the next day, like 1 a.m.? Yeah, January 2nd. Okay. We just missed New Year's. Eh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> kind of nice in a way. 
to not have a holiday birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that night I was supposed to go to sleep because it was the middle of the night and the baby was sleeping, but I was just sort of nervous about being alone with him and he was swaddled, but then he was fussing in his sleep. And I didn't realize that babies make so much noise in their sleep when they're first born. So I could not sleep at all. And I called the nurse in. I was like, I unswaddled him to pick him up. And now I can't swaddle him back because I don't know how. And she was in a really bad mood. I think she maybe was overworked or something because she was very grumpy about it. Oh. And that stressed me out because I'm a people pleaser. And I was thinking, oh, no, I, what did I do? And then every time I had to nurse the baby, I couldn't latch him on because I think I had, I think it's called edema in my breast. Like I just was swelling maybe from the IV or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So he just couldn't get a good latch because it was too large for his mouth. Um, So I had to have a nurse help me whenever I was going to latch him on, which felt, I felt a little bit helpless. Mm. Um. And I was very happy when the night nurse left because, like I said, she was very grumpy and sort of snappy. But then we were there a second night and she came back and I was sad. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the nurses were really nice. And when we got to go home, I think it was like a day and a half after he'd been born. They were the nurses were happy that I was going home to where my mom was because they knew she was lactation consultant and it could help me. Mm -hmm. But It was hard the first few days postpartum because I couldn't figure out how to nurse him because of that edema. I had to like compress like my nipple up so -hmm. that it was long enough for the baby to latch onto and he would be screaming and I'd be trying to latch him on. And that was, it was good to have my mom there. She came in the middle of the night, you know, into our bedroom and was helping me latch him on. Um. And it was painful, but the hospital gave me like little packets of cooling gel to put on um, for when after I nursed for the pain and the swelling. And I had torn, but it was only a first degree tear. So that okay. was so painful, much. but not too bad. And I didn't feel them stitching it up or anything. I think they numbed me. Okay. So even though I didn't have an epidural, like I didn't feel anything. How how much did Nathaniel weigh? He weighed six pounds, 10 ounces. Okay. So I was really happy with that because like I said, I had not gained very much weight. Yeah. So I was lost yeah. all the weight pretty much as soon as he was born. <laughs> <laughs> and he was healthy. And even though I took all those antibiotics during my pregnancy, and even though I hadn't been able to eat fat for two months and I had an iron deficiency, he's a pretty healthy kid. That's good. How was your postpartum after? Other than the first week or so where it was really hard with breastfeeding, it was a very good postpartum time. I had been depressed pretty much my whole pregnancy. And as soon as the baby was born, not only did I feel way like physically a lot better, I felt mentally way better. Mm. So I was worried about postpartum depression, but I actually had this rebound feeling like, wow, my life is so much better now. (laughs) (laughs) so there were things you know that were difficult like my baby really liked to nurse every two hours until I weaned him at 15 months day and night um and he needed to be held a lot to sleep that's crazy every two Um, hours until 15 months yeah wow 
So I, yes, it was, he also needed to be held a lot at night, but he wasn't fussy. He like never cried hardly, but I also didn't, I didn't like, I didn't want to sleep train him. Um, So I just, I nursed him in bed with me, but I ended up holding him every night from like midnight to when he woke up at 8am just in bed, like sleeping both of us. Okay. Once he got to be, once he got to be like four months or so that, so I enjoyed it. I didn't have any other kids, but it also meant that I didn't do very much else besides, you know, take care of him and make dinner. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I wasn't pregnant anymore. So I was so happy all the time. Uh-huh. Um, And I enjoyed having him and he breastfed really well after those first few weeks and my recovery went well. I had diastasis recti, but I didn't do anything at that time to address it. And yeah, I think it was, everything was good after that. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Um, so then with your second, oh, also did, I never asked if you found out if he was a boy or you just were surprised. We had found out that he was a boy. Okay. But we hadn't told anyone his name until he was born. So that was exciting. Okay, nice. So with your second child, um, how did, did you plan to get pregnant or were you trying or was it a surprise? So it was just like the first time we weren't planning, but we weren't not planning. We were just seeing what happened. And at 13 months postpartum, I got pregnant with Elizabeth and I had been praying very hard throughout that whole 13 month period for this next pregnancy because I was terrified of being pregnant. Mm. Um, So I was praying that I wouldn't have gallbladder problems, that I wouldn't be depressed, that I wouldn't have as much nausea. So I was pretty scared when I did get pregnant, but I knew that we wanted kids and I knew that, you know, this was the Lord's plan and I knew that this was going to be good in the end. Mm -hmm. And at first I was nervous because I got sick starting at four weeks with um, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'm going to have a really bad pregnancy. But it actually ended up, even though I was sick earlier with her, I didn't feel quite as bad as I had with Nathaniel. And this pregnancy, I did not take Declegis, which has the sleeping medication Unisom, because I was still nursing Nathaniel at night and I didn't want to have a sleeping medication, Mm -hmm. but I did take vitamin B6. I think I took at least 50 milligrams a day. Maybe I took a hundred, but I think I started out small. And I think that helped. And then I did night wean Nathaniel at 15 months. So he was, I was about eight weeks pregnant because I thought, um, if I'm throwing up in the middle of the night, I don't want to have to be also holding Nathaniel. So I sort of sleep trained him then. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first trimester was really hard. I was depressed because I was just not feeling well, but Nathaniel was in an easy stage. He could just sort of play on the ground while I laid on the couch. And so that was, even though it was very unpleasant and like the house was sort of a problem because I didn't clean up anything almost ever. (laughs) It was, (laughs) it was survivable. I felt like there was light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I started feeling better around 18 weeks with, with Elizabeth. Okay. You had no gallbladder problems this time though? I did not. So that was super exciting. (laughs) 
I actually ended up gaining 35 pounds with Elizabeth, which was much, I felt very good about that. Yes, that's good. That's good. And this pregnancy, we also moved in the middle of my pregnancy. (laughs) So this time we did move to Minnesota. Okay. Um, We moved from Northern California to Minnesota halfway through. So I had my 20 week ultrasound in California with my normal doctor and that went well. We found out it was a girl. We were really excited. We had actually found out it was a girl um, through an NIPT test, which is like a blood test, which because of COVID, they, which she was, this was in spring 2021. So a year after COVID started, they were giving everyone NIPT tests, I guess, just and paying for it with your insurance, which normally they said it's super expensive. So that was nice. We found out early. Did you go through the same OB and Um, my, my OB had moved, but I was with the same system. I didn't really like the OB that I had to begin with. Okay. Um, but I knew I was moving, so I didn't switch. She, she obviously was very into like abortion and stuff. Mm. And I just didn't want her delivering my baby. Like if, I don't know, I felt weird about it, but I knew that she was well-trained and I was going to be leaving soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the 20 week ultrasound, we moved and that was a little bit hard because I was pregnant and, you know, I couldn't move a lot of boxes and i I had to take a two hour nap every single day of my pregnancy. Oh, wow. That's a lot. (laughs) If I didn't take like that two hour nap, I napped the entire time Nathana was napping. If I didn't take that two hour nap, I couldn't function by like bedtime. Mm. Um, (laughs) I also had low blood pressure throughout both pregnancies. Like going up the stairs. If I went up the stairs, I had to lay down for like 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, man. So we moved into a new house that did have stairs, (laughs) but I survived and we had a lot of help moving from my husband's family. And it was, again, it was hard. I had to switch insurances. I had to switch, you know, hospitals and doctors. I ended up getting into the new medical system with a new insurance and the new doctor by... By the time I was 30 weeks, I think that's when I had my glucose tolerance test done. Okay. And I had an OB again, and I told her, I really like want to go natural. And I said, how do you feel about that? She said, that's great. Um, I'm happy for you. We just have some guidelines. She said, we have a tub at the hospital. And I said, yes, you can't give birth in the tub, but you can labor in the tub. I said, Okay. And she said, she was like stricter on some things because like my mom had had home birth. So I was more used to that style of being hands off. And she was more hands on. Like she said, if your water broke, she would want me to come in within four hours of my water breaking. Mm. And I've heard other people say 24 hours is fine. Yeah, usually I hear 24 hours. Yeah, So I don't know what I would have done if my water had broken, if I would have just stayed at home, (laughs) but it did not break at home. So I didn't have to think about that. And the baby was due in November, a week before American Thanksgiving. And so again, I wanted my mom to come. So I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that the baby would not come until my mom got there. And she was coming right when I was 40 weeks again. 
So I was one of the pregnant moms that people would say, oh, are you still ready to give birth? And be like, no, please keep the baby in. (laughs) (laughs) But the Lord answered my prayers and my mom got there just like last time with the first pregnancy. She got there and I had not given birth yet. I was 40 weeks and let's see what happened with this one. Everything was good. The baby was fine. I went in for my 40-week appointment the day after my due date. And Nathaniel came with me and so did my mom. And we saw the OB and she just did a general Doppler check for the baby's heart. And usually it lasts about like she listens for about one minute, maybe two. And right at the start of when she was listening for those two minutes, she heard the baby's heart rate dip. And she said, oh huh, that's not normal. Let's just have you do a non-stress test before you leave. And she stripped my membranes for me, which I had asked her to because my mom was only going to be there for a week. So I need to go into labor now. (laughs) (laughs) And with this pregnancy, I didn't have a doula since I felt more confident that my husband knew, you know, how to help me and all of that. And so we did a non-stress test. I just sat in a chair and they strapped a monitor on my belly And I had to sit there for 20 minutes and every time I had a contraction. So I had a lot of Braxton Hicks. Um, Every time I had one of those contractions, the baby's heart rate would dip right at the end, I think. Okay. And they said, this probably means that there's a problem with the baby's oxygen flow. We don't know what that is or how serious it is, but... It would be best if you got induced right now. Oh, man. And I said, oh, okay. (laughs) And in some ways, like, I very much did not want to be induced because I didn't want to get an epidural. And I knew that if you're induced, Pitocin contractions hurt a lot worse. Mm -hmm. But I had just been sort of anxious at the end of this pregnancy, wanting to be in control of things. Like, I was always cleaning the house. And I had bought a lot of supplies just to help me feel like I felt out of control. Like, I don't know when I'm going to go into labor. This is scary. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of this feeling. I hadn't had that with Nathaniel, but this time I felt more responsibility because I had a toddler this time and he was going to be sleeping away for the first time overnight with some friends that we had just met a few months earlier since we had just moved there. But I just sort of felt like things were crazy and I had this sense of peace that, well, I didn't want to be induced, but I don't really want to risk going home with a baby not doing well. Mm-hmm. And this, at least I know I'm going to go into labor today. That's, that's you know, exciting. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even want me to go home to my house to pack up. So my mom, who had just flown there the day before, figured out how to get home back to my house 25 minutes away. And she took Nathaniel. And I had been very worried about him being alone, like away from me until that point. But as soon as I knew I was going to give birth that day, I was like, okay, someone else can take care of him. I need to focus on the new baby now. Mm -hmm. And I got checked into the hospital. I had brought my own hospital gown this time, like one of those ones that are a little bit more comfortable. And I got changed into that and they put the monitor on my belly and they said, we have to monitor the baby for a few hours to know if the baby can even handle labor. 
If the baby cannot handle your contractions, then we might have to give you a C-section because the baby wouldn't be able to deal with being pushed through the birth canal. And I didn't freak out. I just thought, okay, well, hopefully everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. What and was the date? What it was, was November 18th. Okay. And what time was it at this point? It was in the morning time. I think I got there around 10. Okay. So it was maybe 1130 when they were monitoring the baby. And it was sort of like the opposite of what I had planned for my birth to be home, walking around, swaying on the birth ball, doing spinning babies exercises. I was in the hospital sort of stuck in bed because the monitors would slide off my belly every time I moved. Pretty much even if I breathed, the nurse had to come in every 10 minutes and readjust it. And I was getting like a rash in my belly too. So it was really uncomfortable. Um, So I was just sort of stuck in the bed, not like they had monitors where you could walk around, but every time I tried to walk around it, they would lose the baby's heart rate and they would, out of the kindness of their hearts, they would be like, well, you can go for 10 minutes, but we'd rather you come back. And I wasn't sure what to do because around the baby will be fine for 10 minutes or half an hour. But I didn't know like, if the baby would be fine because it wasn't a typical labor anymore. And they did not start inducing me until later that afternoon. The doctor came in and she said, hold off on eating for a little while until we know that you probably won't need a C-section. And a few hours later, she came in and said, okay, you can eat now. And I said, thank you. I'm starving. (laughs) And she said, we're probably going to be able to induce you like normal. So around 4.30 that afternoon, I had gone to the doctor at 10, so this was 4.30, they started Pitocin on the lowest setting. And I was thinking, I'm going to be here all night. Like, I'm being induced with Pitocin. This is terrible. I was only at one centimeter dilated when I got there that morning, and I was still one centimeter when they started the induction. Mm-hmm. The doctor was hoping that my body would sort of go into labor by itself since I had my membranes swept and since I had um, been having contractions. But so far, nothing was ramping up. And so that was at 4.30 and they they bumped up the Pitocin however often they do it every half an hour or whatever. And I was just trying to stay comfortable, walk around if I could, trying to keep the belly band on. That was sort of the theme of that. Mm -hmm. And around 7.30, the doctor came back. So I had been on Pitocin for three hours. And at 7.45, she checked me again. I was still one centimeter, but I was very stretchy, she said, and had a bulging bag of waters. So I'm thinking at 7.45 at night, I've only been on Pitocin for three hours. Like, this is going to take so long. I haven't even dilated anymore. And the doctor left. It's We live in a rural area, so the hospital doesn't have any, like, on-call doctors. She was the only doctor in the building besides the emergency room doctor. Um, So she went home to her house, like, 20 minutes away or so. And... After she left, she left at 7.45. It was about 8 o'clock, and I felt a really strong contraction, the first painful contraction. I had been having, like, light cramping 
But this was, I thought, okay, this is it. Labor's going to start now. That was at eight o'clock. We said, let's watch a movie to keep my mind off of it. My husband pulls up Netflix or whatever, and he's trying to find a movie. And by 810, I say, please stop trying to find a movie. I can't even handle even talking anymore because Mm -hmm. the contractions were getting more and more painful. And they started, they were coming every two minutes all of a sudden. Um, and at about 8.12, 8.15, maybe 8.15, I was having one of these horrible contractions. It was like had gone from zero to 100, like every two minutes, really painful. I could hardly breathe through them at all. I felt this huge, I felt like someone had punched my uterus from like the inside. And it was this huge pop. And I said, did you hear that? And my mom and husband <laughs> said, no, what do you mean? And I said, my water broke. And it was so painful. Oh, and they shoot. said, oh, we, and they called in the nurse and the nurses came in and they started changing the bedding. And I was not even able to like, I remember like I could see everything that was happening, but I couldn't communicate very well. And they checked me and I was eight centimeters. Oh my word. That's crazy. This was about 820. And the doctor, I had been at one centimeter at 745. That's so crazy. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going really fast. Good, because I want to get this over with. Yeah. And while the nurses were still there, still just changing, like, the bedding under me from my water breaking, I said, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And they said, don't push, honey. The doctor's not here. (laughs) And I said, I can't stop. I can't stop. And it was like my body was just pushing as hard as it could, but it wasn't like a really good feeling. It was a very painful sort of pushing. Mm. Um, and I I felt sort of frustrated at the nurses because they didn't want to deliver a baby by themselves. And so they were saying, don't push, don't push. Mm-hmm. And they weren't really helping me get in a good position. I was on my side, but like my legs were still together. Like no one was holding my leg up like they had my, my first birth. Mm-hmm. but I felt the baby like descending and it was just maybe two, three minutes later. I said in me like these horrible contractions, I'm just holding my mom's hand as tight as I can. She was trying to let my husband get in there, but I didn't see anything. So I was just holding her so tight. She couldn't get away from me and let my husband <laughs> come help. Um, I didn't know he existed. I was just like, wow. I said the ring of fire, the ring of fire. And my mom was thinking, no, like, that's impossible. <laughs> she was also thinking, man, I think she's going to need an epidural. These look really, this isn't going very well. And I was trying to breathe. I was trying to breathe. And it was the ring of fire because the baby was coming out. Um, <laughs> And they said, the doctor's not here. I said, well, I'm pushing out the baby. Like, yeah. They said, you know, the baby's crowning. And another doctor came in who lived a little bit closer. She drove from her house and she came in about five minutes before the baby was born, but she was sort of hands off waiting for my doctor. And then my doctor drove from her house. She parked and left her car running in front of the ambulance garage of the hospital, ran inside, grabbed a glove from one side of the room and a glove from the other side of the room, ran over to me where the baby's head was crowning. It was 834. So I had been at one centimeter at 745 and this was 834 and the baby was coming out, but her shoulder was partially stuck. So the doctor just turned her and pulled her out. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that was really fast. 
I was a little bit in shock, um, but like excited. I was thinking, yay, I got that over with fast. It was basically just like transition, but was the whole labor. Um, the whole labor. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't tear, which is really weird because she came out so fast. But I think I was just so incredibly bruised from pushing really hard. Okay. That it actually hurt worse or the same once the baby came out. Okay. Maybe not worse because I could talk, but she came out and her cord was only 12 inches long. Um, Short? What's normal? So I think it's normal. So like Nathaniel's cord is maybe three feet long, um, which so like a meter long, but hers was really short. I think it's mostly in between. I think Nathaniel's was longer than normal and hers was shorter. Oh, interesting. So, like, she only reached – she they couldn't put her on my chest because oh. I hadn't pushed out the placenta yet. She was she had to sit on my belly, like, my lower belly. That's so weird. I didn't know that that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they think that that could have been why she was struggling. So, they thought maybe her cord was so short that it just wasn't getting enough oxygen. I don't know. They didn't explain it super thoroughly. Um, but – here I was with a baby on my stomach, but I had just pushed a baby out and it hurt so bad still that I was saying, I can't handle this. You have to take her off of my stomach. I was just almost like hysterical at that point. I was actually calmer during the pushing because I thought the pain was supposed to go away. Yeah. And um, so they cut her cord a little sooner than I wanted, but that was okay. I didn't care. And they put her on my chest. And I was excited. She had a lot of hair and that was, I had sort of been wanting that, but didn't think that was going to happen. And it was sweet to see her. And I was really impressed by my fast labor. Um, It sort of was exciting to me to have all that activity because it distracted me from the pain of the labor. Mm -hmm. So the same with Nathaniel's birth. It's like, there was a lot of activity and it was just sort of exciting, like watching a movie, except it's your own life. (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And I think I latched her on and she nursed. She had never had any problems nursing. Nice. She just latched on and it was really great, except that for about two hours after she was born, it hurt so bad. I couldn't really focus on her very well, Mm. but they drew the water in the big tub for me in our room. And as soon as I got in there, like all the pain almost went away. Oh, nice. So even though I didn't get to use it during labor, it was so amazing afterwards. And my husband came in and he was holding Elizabeth and we just got to sit there alone in the bathroom by ourselves and look at her and think, wow, we're parents of two now. Yeah. Um. So it was, it was a very positive experience. How much and did she, was- oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, she weighed seven pounds, one ounce. So just a few, little bit bigger than Nathaniel. Okay. Um, and she looked fine. She was healthy. Um, both my births were very positive experiences, and I just felt very blessed that the induction had gone so smoothly. Yeah. Um, I had heard a lot of horror stories, like. You know, if you get induced, it's the everything's going to lead to a C-section. And the Lord made it so that 
that was never even a consideration once they knew her heart rate was okay. Yeah, they definitely don't all lead to that, but that just tends to have more interventions because Yeah. But I that's that uh, yours is one of the more definitely more positive ones I've heard cuz most last at least quite a bit longer, I feel like just because I don't it's not the same as regular, so it tends to last longer, but Yeah, I guess you. maybe <laughs> I guess because I was 40 weeks, maybe my body was ready. Yes, that is probably true. Because a lot of induction stories I've heard is where it's early. And then your body's not as ready. So, but your body must have been at least somewhat ready because. Maybe a little too ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. Yeah, it was, it was exciting. I could sum it up by saying it was exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Did you get your waters broken with your first or? Did it just happen naturally? It just happened naturally. I don't even remember when his waters broke. It must have been probably when I was transition. Okay. Um, And something I forgot to say about Nathaniel's birth was in the beginning where I thought this can't get any more painful. That actually helped me through the rest of it because then every time it got more painful, I thought to myself, well, last time I thought this couldn't get any worse and I could like without me giving up, but it got worse and I handled it. And so every time it got worse, I just think, well, it's gone worse before and I was okay. So let's just keep going. (laughs) Which would you say was more painful, your first or your second? Um, I mean, I would say my second because it was really fast, but, and like the ring of fire hurt more, but I didn't tear with her. So the recovery was a lot easier and it was only 45 minutes of pain instead of. Right you know, like seven hours of active labor. Yep. Yep. Um, I think if, if I've heard that before, if you have a fast labor, you have all the pain in a short time. Yep. And yeah, yeah, I felt very like it felt super cliche, but I felt very empowered after my birth. Like, wow, I'm a pretty, I think of myself as sort of like a weak person. Like I'm not physically active or anything, but delivering a baby felt like wow I did something really hard like running a marathon or something and I didn't need any pain medication except for afterwards where I will take all of the Advil and all of the Tylenol (laughs) yeah I know it's amazing it really is yeah so cool how was your postpartum with Elizabeth it was also very good um I liked not being pregnant um she nursed a lot easier more easily it's still hard to be up a lot in the night with yeah. a newborn. Um, but she gained really well, especially at first. She was back at she had like back at her birth weight or above like a day and a half after we left the hospital. Nice. Um, but then when she was three months old, I think that she had gone down to just being a lower weight. And I wasn't sure if it was because she wasn't eating enough or not. The doctor said, oh, she's probably just small. Like, you know, she said, you're small. Your baby's small. That's normal. I had a, I think I had postpartum anxiety. Okay. Um, And so I just was a little bit upset about her weight. So I sort of, I started waking her up at night to feed her, even though she was like three months old. And I was trying to nurse her a lot more often. She was a very sleepy baby Um, when she was, a month and a half old, six weeks old, I actually took her into the doctor because 
she had been like for two days, she had just been sleeping and only waking up for like 20 minutes at a time, mm-hmm. um, which isn't normal for a six week old. But they said she probably was just having growth spurt or something. Sometimes that can mean it's an infection, like the baby's getting a UTI or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just tried to feed her more. And I was pretty anxious between those three months and maybe seven months because she didn't do well with solids and... Um, I was trying to feed her solids because I wanted her to gain weight, but she's actually, she just turned one November 18th and she's in the sixth percentile for weight, but she's super healthy. And apparently she's just going to be a small person. She's still not really into solids. She'll eat a couple <laughs> bites here and there. Are I you get still really, breastfeeding her? I am. So okay, just nice. like Nathaniel, uh, I think my babies just need to eat a lot. I think I have a low milk storage in my breast. Okay. Okay. So she actually nurses more now than she did when she was, well, more in the nighttime now than she did when she was a baby, but less in the daytime. Okay. So I still, she still sleeps in bed with me and I nurse her like maybe three or four times a night. Okay. Wow. But I, I really enjoy her and it's it's yeah. better now that I hit a year. Yeah. Um, it was you know you have two little kids. It's mm-hmm. a little crazy to have. Nathaniel was not quite two when Elizabeth was born. He was twenty two months old. Mm-hmm. So it's super cute because they love each other and are always playing together. But it's also was overwhelming because he was pretty violent towards her just for fun <laughs> and he often like uh... throw blocks and trucks at her head for fun and that happens (laughs) there's always going to be moments like that like obviously some kids are more violent or like do it more but there's always going to be some sort of sometimes usually some sort of uh being like mean or just a pest yeah and it's more just a pest he's not he went through a little period of time where he was being more like violent but luckily like he stopped but it's more just like he just really is in her face all the time and she just gets annoyed yeah it's nathaniel didn't he wasn't mad at the baby he just wanted more attention and thought she's not doing anything this is boring he actually started hurting her a little bit less when she started like crawling around he could okay he thought, oh she does more now i can play with her instead of <laughs> trying to play with her like using her as a toy yep yeah um do you have any advice for moms that you would like to yeah. get yeah i think the most helpful thing I did for my two births was about a month before my babies were due, I sat down and I wrote a list of everything that I could think of that I was nervous about, about the birth. And I made each one into a prayer request from the big things like, you know, Lord, may your will be done and help me be content with whatever happens to like, let the baby be safe and healthy to little things I was worried about. Like with Nathaniel, I had thrown up a lot during his pregnancy and I was scared of throwing up during labor. I just sort of had this fear about throwing up. Mm -hmm. And I specifically prayed that God would give me grace for throwing up during labor. And I remember during transition with Nathaniel, I threw up about two or three times. And I just felt like this peace come over me. Like I knew I was about to throw up and I thought, 
I don't have to be afraid because I prayed about this mm-hmm. and I just wasn't afraid. Um, and that was helpful for me going into preparing for a natural birth where you want your mind to be very calm and self-possessed, yeah. knowing that I had done everything I I could. It helped me sort of meditate on like, this is going to be okay because I know God is in control. That and then writing out Bible verses. I had to write out new ones before Liz's birth because I lost the old ones. And then I found them again, but I think it was... <laughs> I think it was God's will so that I would have to write them down again because it helped me think through them and have, even though during labor, I didn't actually look at them. I had them sort of in the back of my mind. It helped me meditate in preparation. I love that. That's great. Yeah. It helped me slow down, I guess, and think about the positives and not just what I was scared of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I loved hearing your birth stories. Yeah, it was so exciting to talk to you. And I've listened to all of your podcast episodes, so I'm super excited to hear mine too. (laughs) Oh, Oh, thank you. (laughs) But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And I hope that you have a good night. Yeah, I hope you do too. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beauty of Birth Podcast. Bye! Theme song brought to you by my husband Joel Pennings playing on the bass guitar and myself playing the electric piano.